Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. And y'all can be seated here in the room or at 12 Stone Home or across the campuses. We're so glad that you're with us. Uh, man, big shout out to our Flowery Branch campus. Let's, let's celebrate with them. They're back in 12 Stone Live today. Y'all should be going nuts up in Flowery Branch. Finally, after what feels like 18 years, you're back. I remember launching that campus 11 years ago, and today Pastor Josh is relaunching Flowery Branch. Never thought we'd have to do that, but welcome to 2020, the year we all don't want an extra hour of. Can I get an amen? All right, well, today we're jumping in with an extra hour of sleep, whether you wanted it or not. And we're in the middle of our series of Ephesians. And today we're going to be wrapping up chapter four of Ephesians. And if you followed along, we're sort of marching our way through this book. And we're going to go through the, the month of November and finish up chapter five and then take a pause. And we're going to have an awesome month of Christmas together. How many of y'all have started listening to Christmas music just to survive? Anybody? If you're in the chat, let us know. I have. When I'm, can I be honest, when I'm sad, I'll just throw on some Christmas music and it's like, everything's okay for a second. The world's on fire, but Jingle Bells is on, so I'm okay. We're going to have some Christmas together and then, and then we're going to jump back in and wrap chapter six of Ephesians in the new year, God's year of 2021. We're going to be through this and we've got a, a bright future on the other side of 2020. Please, God, may it be so. So today we're, we're jumping in. I'm going to have some fun here in a second to illustrate some things. But before I get to it, I want to I sort of lay the spiritual foundation for where we're headed today. See, the, the first three chapters of Ephesians, Paul is teaching us how to think, how to understand the theology of the gospel. Like, what does it mean that God sent his son Jesus and he came down and he, he rescued us from our sins and adopted us into his family? What does all that mean? And then in chapter four, Paul makes like a hard right. Like if you don't have your seatbelts on, you're hitting the glass. Like he makes a hard right. And he starts talking about, listen, if this gospel stuff is true, it should change the way you live. It should change the way you behave. And today is going to get very practical. And we're going to have some fun with the band. They don't know it yet. We're going to have some fun together. They got worried. We're going to have a little bit of fun together in this. But I want to I sort of lay out the central passage that we're sitting in together. This is the crux of chapter 4, verses 17 to 32, which is where we're going to live. This is the crux of the passage. You were taught with regard to your formal way of life to put off your old self. We'll come back to that. Which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. And to put on the new self. We'll come back to that one as well. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Do you catch the language? To put off and to put on. It's like changing clothes. If you have a southern mom, when you come in from playing outside and you're muddy... What do you do? Get those clothes off. Put them right, right in the washing machine. Like This is what Paul's saying. Take off your old life. Take off the, the things you used to do and put on the new life in Christ. And today we're going to illustrate what that looks like. What does it mean for us to do that, to literally put off and put on? In order to help me, I asked my youngest son, Lincoln, to come out. Lincoln, why don't you come out, dude? And you guys can help him feel less scared. Come here, dude. What's up, bro? You good? You a little nervous? Wave. Say hi to everybody. Can you wave? There you go. Lincoln, I don't want to make you nervous, 
But if you think this is a lot of people in the room, see that little thing right there? There's like thousands of people watching you right now. You're okay, though. You're okay. All right, come close. So here's the deal. Lincoln is wearing his soccer jersey. Maybe y'all have kids. You got kids in sports? I'm curious. Yes, we got kids in sports. How many of y'all got kids in sports? You've seen it. If you've not seen 10 to 12, 6 to 8-year-olds running around playing soccer, you are missing out. It is, it is some high-level, high-level stuff. And so, Lincoln, remember your first game? You went out, and you were sort of like chill, and you were laid back, and I said, you got to go be aggressive, right? You remember that? What did, what did I say? What did we, you said, I'd love to be aggressive, but what does aggressive mean? Remember what we defined it as? What? What were you chasing? Yep, you're chasing the goal. And I said, listen, you got to pretend like there's pizza on the other side of that defense. And whatever you got to do, you get, remember we said this? We get through, he gets done with his, his next game. He comes off, he goes, dad, I was chasing that pizza. And so he did good. He learned how to be aggressive. So here's what's interesting. He's in I-9, I-9 sports. And I-9 sports are not like super competitive. They sort of have fun and teach him the game. And so here's the reality of how I-9 works. Lincoln, show him what's on the other side of that jersey. Flip that jersey off. You got a shirt underneath? Oh, there's a belly button. Let me hold that down. Don't want uh, the second grade girls to stumble today. So here's the deal. <laughs> that got weird. Anyway, put the jersey on. There you go. And what happens? He went from the blue team to the red team like that. Do you see that? This is a deeply theological thought, whether you realize it or not. Lincoln was just a second ago. He was on the blue team, and now he's on the red team. I want you to catch this. Lincoln, take the jersey off and leave it with me, and you can go chill with Mama. And I want to make a point here. Thank you, son. Will you thank my boy for being out here? Thank you, Lincoln. Good job. Here's what I want you to see. In a moment, Lincoln, Lincoln can show up to a game. I mean, this actually happens. So he'll show up to a game. And all the, the players show up for our team, and the, the other team might have a player or two missing or sick or it's raining and they don't want to be there, and so they're short some players. So the coach will go up to one of the players and say, listen, I know you're on the blue team today, but here's what I need you to do. I need you to flip your jersey, and I need you to go play on the red team today. Can you do that for me? And a six, seven, eight-year-old kid will be like, yeah, sure, coach, whatever, and he runs out in the field. But here's, here's where it gets confusing. Think about yourself at seven. You were one second ago on the blue team. That's your goal. That's your coach. That's your team. And suddenly, that's the goal. That's your coach. That's the team. And so what will happen is they'll go out there and run, and then Lincoln or one of the kids will catch himself and start running the wrong way. And the coach is like, no, that way now. But it used to be that, that way. And then the huddle happens, and, and the, one of the kids that used to be on the blue team runs back to the blue huddle. It's like, no, you're in the, the red huddle now. And, and wait, my coach is yelling to go that way, but that's not my coach any, anymore. And this is what Paul's illustrating. This is really complicated, because in a moment, you switch from the blue team to the red team, but you're still living on the same field. Don't miss this. This would be easier if Lincoln or the, if you have to switch jersey, go to a different field. Lincoln's still living in the same. This parallels our journey as believers scarily well. In a moment, you go from the team of darkness to the team of light. Boom. You got a new coach now. It's not, it's not Satan anymore. God's your coach now. You're not scoring that direction. You're scoring that direction now. But you go back to the same field. The same friends, the same job, the same temptations, the same circumstances. And you're going, how in the world? I know that in the moment of salvation, God flipped my jersey from one team. to I know he did. But how in the world am I supposed to live this out? 
See, if salvation is, is God flipping the jersey, you're now on a new team. How do we actually live this out? See, I want you to hear Paul for the rest of the day as we read through the rest of chapter four. I want you to hear him as like a coach. And I want you, if you need this, because I'm like this, you can picture him in high tube socks and short shorts and a whistle. Like if you need that, you're weird, but do it. You're like me. If it, he's in the locker room of your new team. And Paul's saying, listen, I'm introducing you to what it means to be on the new team. Theologically, when you're a follower of Jesus, when you bow to Jesus, you are in a moment on the new team. But you got to figure out how to work this thing out and live up to the jersey that you've been given. So here's how he starts. Let's start in chapter 4, verse 17. And Paul starts by saying, let's acknowledge what your old team was. So I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. That's your old team. In the futility of their thinking. This is old team stuff. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Old team. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. This is who you were. This is the team you used to play on. And Paul's going, listen, I acknowledge this. You've been traded. Welcome to the new locker room. Welcome to the new team. You're going to have to realize that's what you came from. That's complicated. That's, that's heavy stuff that you came from, but... Because of Jesus, you no longer have to live that way. That's the beauty of the gospel. You don't have to continue living that way anymore. You have a new jersey. You went from the blue to the red or the red to the blue. You're on a new team now. And Paul continues, and we're going to reread a little bit of what we read at the top. Verse 20. Let's start here. This is the new team. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ. And we're taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. That's not who you are anymore. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, take off the old jersey, be done with it, which is being corrupted by his deceitful desires. And then what do you do to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, to put on the new identity you have in Christ created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. See, if I was going to say this in a theological context, let me say it this way. There's salvation and there's sanctification. If y'all went to Bible school, you would have heard those terms. But there's salvation. You can put that up there. Salvation and sanctification. And salvation is this. At the moment where you bow your heart and say, Jesus, you are Lord. I trust you for the forgiveness of my sins. I am all yours. You are saved. That's a good moment. Praise Jesus. Salvation happens in a moment. And you, in that moment, you switch teams immediately. You don't earn your way there. God doesn't go, okay. I'm going to put you in line. Once you get your credit score cleaned up, give me some references. Well, no, no, no. You're on the team. You've been traded in a moment, new team. But then once you get on the team, sanctification happens. And now that you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And the, and the Holy Spirit's cleaning you up from the inside out. And what sanctification is, is the process by which we take off the old life and put on the new life. We take off the things that were from our old life. And I used to do this. Not anymore. Now I do this. And Paul's going to unpack in detail. Not an exhaustive list, but, but an example list of, of things that say, here's some of the things you take off. Here's some of the things that you put on. See, as a kid, it's fun and, and it's okay to have a jersey that, that's reversible, right? Like as a kid, we get that. All right, switch to the other team. Go play for that team. But as you become an adult, 
your jersey matters. Like it matters what jersey you wear as you go through high school sports and college sports and eventually go to the, the NFL in sports. And so I want to I wanna keep having some fun with this. So guys, here's, here's where I need your help. I got, some, I got some, some presents, some fun stuff. I'm going to squeeze in the middle if that's okay from you guys. Russ, what's up, dude? Hey. We've known each other for a while. I know this. I know you're from Iowa, right? You're corn-fed. That's why you're so big. You're from Iowa. All right. So when you're in Iowa, you've got a football team. What's your football team? I know, but who do you root for? Because there's nothing to do in Iowa. You root for? Packers. Thank you. The Packers. Green Bay Packers. Any Packers fans? Blow it up in the chat. That's a lonely clap, my friends. <laughs> Woo. Uh, they're actually doing okay this year, though. Congrats. So uh, I know Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback now, but historically, who's the dude? Like, who's your favorite quarterback? Favre. Brett Favre. Any Brett Favre fans in the house? He's, he, he's going to be... Is he already? Did he release... I don't want to talk about that, that he started as a Falcon. How dare you? So I got you a little present. Sometimes the teaching lines up with me being able to like give you something that I think you're going to like. So here's what I got. I got, I got a Brett Favre jersey right here. And uh, I know it's a different color. Hey, dude. And it, it says Vikings on it. But here's, here's the deal. I need this shot. I need this picture. If you could get a snapshot and send that to all his family and friends back in Iowa, that would be great. You might be oh, beat up. I, I forgot. I, man, I, can't, I forgot that Favre got traded. That's, that's my bad, dude. He got, he's got it. This is his new, like, this is the last jersey he wore in, in the NFL. You don't. Hey, he retired as a Packer, man. He did retire technically as, as a, all right. Not I'm not, as a Viking. Not as a Viking, thank God, for your sake. All right, let me, let me do it this way. I'm going to leave you alone so you can, you can beat me up. Kim. Yes, sir. You're a Falcons fan, aren't you? Sadly, yes. It's a tough year to be a Falcon. I res here's what I respect about you. You're still a Falcons fan. You still cheer for them, and maybe we all should still cheer for them because they're our team. But this is, about, this is about to get hard for both of us. It's going to hurt me. It, listen, I, I say it to my kids. It's going to hurt me more than it hurts you, all right? Okay. Probably not. Here's, here's what I got for you. I need to make a point. Uh -huh. I need... Kim, I love you, man. I love you. God loves you. Here's, I need to make a point. This is a game-worn Tom Brady jersey. All right. Now, Ken, just close your eyes. Um, do we have a garbage can? I need to make... This is for, this is for the, the message. So you got, you got to do this. This is a game-worn Falcons... Or Falcons, I wish. A Brady jersey. So Tom Brady played like a million years for the Patriots. You remember that? Uh, yeah. You remember that? Vaguely. You remember that? And here, here's what he wore. He, just go with it. This is for Jesus. Uh, so he... He wore this jersey for a long time, years and years. I think he died. Can we get an ambulance? It hurts him. So he wore this jersey. He looks so sad. He wore this jersey for years because he played for the Patriots. And what happened in this offseason was like the biggest move in all the offseason. And he took off this jersey. You feel better? You feel the weight gone? Yes. Put off the old life in Jesus' name. That's it. He feels holy. And here's what he put on. This will be less hard. It's still, it's still not fun. Yeah, but here's what he put on. He put on a Buccaneers jersey. There's Tom Brady. And what he put on, <laughs> what he put on was a Buccaneers jersey because he got traded to a new team. He didn't get traded, but he moved to a brand new team. And so in a moment, his jersey changed. You get this? So Tom Brady went from the Patriots to the Buccaneers. Let me say it this way. He went from the old life of sin and moved to the, the new life 
that's a little bit less sinful. In Jesus' name, they'll preach. But here's what happens. I want you to see this. This is cheesy, but I'm going to unpack this with you. So here's what happens. For years, Tom Brady had the playbook for the Patriots. He played every play he ran was in here. And when he wore this jersey, he had this playbook. But what happened when he got traded is they sent Tom Brady a brand new jersey, but they didn't stop there. They sent Tom Brady a brand new playbook. You, you don't get to wear the new jersey on the old playbook. Don't miss, stop. We, some of us are drowning in our faith because we've traded jerseys and not playbooks. Don't miss this. He got sent a brand new playbook. In fact, if you follow the news, I won't make you wear this anymore. You feel freed up. See, thank you. Thank you guys for your help. I appreciate it. That was the worst gifts ever. Here's what, if you follow the news, Tom Brady got caught cheating, sneaking into his coach's house to go run over the playbook before he was allowed to. If that's not a Patriots move. Anyway, but here, here's what you can't miss. When you get traded, when you go from the team of darkness to the team of, of light, when you go from this team to team Jesus, you can't just change jerseys and say, I'm a Christian. You got to change playbooks. See, let me, let me say it this way. If I'm going to make it really simple. The jersey not only defines the team, it defines the playbook. If you pick up the jersey of Christ, you got to pick up the playbook of Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is your playbook. You don't get to play around and say, listen, I like the jersey. I don't like the playbook. Eh, false. Tom Brady does not get to grab the Bucks jersey and run the Patriots playbook. That's not how this works. God invites us. And what Ephesians 4 is telling us literally is, listen, if you, if you want to be on the team, you got to grab the right playbook. And maybe God's going to use the rest of our time together to open your eyes and go, God, where are the places I'm still running the old playbook? See, why did Tom Brady cheat to go get inside the playbook? Why did he cheat and go sneak into his coach's house to, to go over the playbook? Because he wanted to win. He recognized that, listen, the jersey alone is great, awesome. I like the colors. It looks good and with on my skin color, my tone. You know how Tom Brady's all about that. He, it looks good on me. But more than that, I've got to learn the playbook. Otherwise, we'll never win. And listen, you will never win at marriage on the old playbook. You will never build character on the old playbook. You will not raise godly kids on the old playbook. You, you don't get to build the life that you, that the life that Jesus has for you on the old playbook. See, it gets complicated because like Tom Brady, and if I say his name one more time, I'm going to throw up Kim. I'm sorry. Like Tom Brady, it's so natural to run the past playbook. He had that thing down to a science. It was, he had done it so long. It was just who he was. And notice how he looked in the first game as a buck. Not good. And people started throwing shade at him. Tom Brady's old. He's lost it. No, he just hadn't had time to learn the playbook yet. See, that's what, that's what Paul's inviting us to. That's what God's inviting us to, to figure out how do we actually run and live and learn and engage the new playbook. And we're going to keep reading verses 25 to 29. And, and these are the specific places that Paul is laying out. Here's four places that Paul's saying, listen, you've got to pick up the new playbook. 
I'm going to read it from scripture and we're going to put it up on the screen here. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So take off lies, put on truth. Therefore, no longer do we get to be deceptive people. That's old, that's, that's patriot stuff. The, the truth of who we are now is we speak truth. Secondly, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Listen, we got to take off sinful anger and put on love. That's who we are. Paul's in the locker room. He's talking to you. Listen, this is who we are, team. This is who we are. Third, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. We go from stealing to contributing. Listen, I don't steal anymore. Why? I'm on a new team. I carry a new jersey. I live by a new playbook. I don't steal. I contribute. I don't just work. I work so I can provide for my family and for those in need. That's the new playbook. And lastly, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may be beneficial to those who listen. Listen, no more unwholesome talk. We build people up. That's who we are. That's our playbook. Paul's saying, listen, I get it. I want you to wear the jersey. You're now on the team. You're now, you've stepped onto the, the team of light, but you got to sit inside the playbook. See, which of those lists sounds like someone you'd like to be married to? Which, which of those lists sounds like someone you want to be in business with? Which of those lists sounds like someone you'd like to be a roommate with? You want someone who lies, is angry, steals, and unwholesome talk? No. Which one of those lists sounds more like you. See, what's killing our witness in the world is followers of Jesus who put on the jersey and don't pick up the playbook. It's a scary thought that we can walk around and claim the name Jesus and think somehow we can play by the old playbook, or the playbook we wrote for ourselves, or a hybrid playbook. I like that passage. That one's kind of tough. Whoop, that's not in my new playbook. No. See, but how does God actually do this? Let's go back to the crux verse, that central verse, verse 22. How does he do this? You were taught with regard to your former way of life, put off your old self, being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. He doesn't just want you to follow the rules. He wants to change the attitude of your mind, the very desires that are in you. Listen, this is not behavior modification. This is not, now listen, Jesus gave you something pretty cool. You better show up for him and you better show off for him and, and be the little puppet and do, no, he's not trying to make you his puppet. He's trying to change your heart of stone to a heart of flesh, to change the desires that you once had into new desires. He doesn't want you just not to lie. He wants to make you not want to lie. Like he wants your desires to line up with the playbook, not just your actions, Listen, I grew up in a tradition that was basically align your actions to the Bible and work really hard and grit your teeth and whatever it takes, make sure you do the things that the playbook says versus God, would you change and align the very, the very desires that I have inside myself? God, would you align my desires? You see, I think God does that by giving us pictures. Stay with me. Why? Do NFL players study the playbook so much? See, they're not studying the playbook because they feel guilty. They're studying the playbook because they want to win a Super Bowl. Don't miss this. 
their desire, they want to study the playbook and learn their routes, not out of guilt, but out of a picture of what a Super Bowl could feel like. Oh God, I would love to win a Super Bowl. Whatever that takes, I'm in. Ask God to give you your Super Bowl picture. Don't, this could be cheesy. I'm letting you into my prayer closet. I'm going to unpack this with you. You see, the NFL players, their desires are changed because they have a picture of what they would beg God for. God, give us a Super Bowl. And I believe God wants to change our desires. We don't strive out of guilt. We strive because we want the life God promises. And if you remember those two lists, the one life leads to emptiness. The one life leads to wholeness. And I think God actually wants to give you a picture. Let me tell you how, how I literally read scripture and pray for life change. See, put those lists back up there. Here's, here, here's the temptation. All right, I gotta stop lying and I gotta start telling the truth. Stop lying, start telling the truth. Stop lying, start. No, God, I literally did this. God, Holy Spirit, would you, would you use my imagination to give me a picture of what Super Bowl looks like here? I don't always say Super Bowl, but for this illustration. God, give me a picture. And the Holy Spirit starts to sort of play with my imagination. I start to look, okay, what does a life look like? God, if I'm, if I'm someone that has to lie, I'm someone that has to cheat to get ahead, eventually I'm gonna be found out the house of cards is gonna fall. But if I'm someone who tells the truth, man, in 10 and 20 and 30 years, my kids will still wanna come back and ask dad for advice. In, in 20 and 30 years, I don't have a bunch of secret sickness under the surface that my wife discovers, and I crash 30 years of ministry and marriage because I live that way. Oh, God, give me that picture. I want a marriage that in 30 years, my wife still trusts me. I want the people closest to me to trust me the most. Oh, God, give me that picture. Anger and love. God, what does angry look like? Lord, if I play out this anger stuff, if I'm an angry person, I'm going to destroy every relationship around me. People are going to walk on eggshells thinking at any moment I could snap. My kids are going to not trust me and be afraid of me. God, stealing and contributing. Some of y'all hear stealing and you're like, That's, why do we even talk about that? Like, I don't steal things. I don't like walk into a Walmart and steal a TV. What do you do? You can skip to the next one. No, no, no. We, as, as employers, you might be taking advantage of your employees employees, you might be doing fun stuff for you on company time. That's stealing. Downloading and watching illegal movies and music, that's stealing. Listen, if you live a life of stealing, what you're going to do is you're going to build inside of you this, this thought that everything is owed to you. And every time someone around you gets something you don't have, you're going to want to figure out a way to steal it and get to it versus you're someone who's a contributor. I've watched people that are 30, 40, 50 years old that have lived as contributors and their life is surrounded by people who are loyal and love them and are grateful to them and their name is in the story of many people. Oh God, when I, when I try to figure out how to not be stealing anymore, to take that off and put on this, God, give me a picture for that. I pray unwholesome talk, building people up. God, my words can just push people away. I can destroy people with my words. But oh God, if I live a life that's just building people up, what could that look like, God? Close my eyes. Holy Spirit, use my imagination. You gave that to me. Give me a picture. See, when I see the picture of what the future would look like if I would just run the new playbook, my desires begin to align to the, to the playbook that God's given us in his holy word, and I'm no longer just striving and working, and oh, i got to follow the rules and look good. No, God's aligning the desires of my heart to the picture he's given us, and I think God wants to give us Super Bowl pictures for every arena of our life. 
See, for me, if I'm going to be really transparent, my signature sin is anger. If, if I had a list of regrets in my life, if God would let me go back in a time machine and change things, 90% of the things I'd change would be places where my anger got out of control. I struggled for years, God. Help me with anger, help me with anger. And I just worked, 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 worked. Stop getting angry. I'm not saying there's no effort in this for us, but it was, I still battle with anger, but I, just recently I said, God, I need a picture for anger. God, I, I don't wanna just stop being angry. I want to want to love. And God gave me a picture, and it was, it was simple. It was in worship one weekend. And God said, Jason, every time you raise your voice in worship on Sunday and raise your voice in uncontrolled anger on Monday, your kids think less of Jesus. As a parent, it wrecked me. See, every time that I claim the name of Jesus and anger spills out of me, my kids want the jersey less. See, I... I got a picture in my head that it, my kids are 20, 30, 40 years old. They'll want to come home. See, that picture aligns my desires. I'm not chasing a to-do list. I'm chasing the picture the Holy Spirit gave me. You're not chasing a playbook. You're chasing, well done, my good and faithful servant. See, that's the picture God gives us. And listen, on Tuesday... There's something big happening on Tuesday, I think. I'm just going to say it. You're not wearing a Republican jersey. You're not wearing a Democrat jersey. You're wearing the jersey of Christ, and we had better act like it. And if your deepest hope is in a candidate, oh, God help you on Tuesday night. But when your deepest hope is in Jesus, I'm unshakable. I'm unflappable. Church, the way we carry ourselves in the next seven days might be the most important seven days of your life on this earth. And I don't know that I'm exaggerating much. The way the world watches where we place our hope, the way the world watches what playbook we run is either going to put a light on Jesus and people say, what do you have? Or it's going to make people say, I don't want that jersey. See, we have an opportunity. Now, here's the good news. You're going to mess up. <clears throat> you're, it's good news, though. You're, you're going to mess up. Remember, Tom Brady was 0-1. And the media ate his lunch. You're terrible. How could you? Tom Brady, he's had it. He can't do it. He's out. He's, he's washed up. 0-1. No, 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 no. He wasn't, he wasn't washed up. He just was learning the playbook. And church, we have got to help each other in this. This cannot be a place where people come and say yes to Jesus. And the first time they run a bad route, we start screaming and get out of here. This can't be a place where we don't give people the space to learn the new playbook. See, Paul actually finishes this passage and he sort of speaks directly to this. Here's the last two verses of chapter four. And he's talking to us, church. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Get, that's all old stuff. Get rid of it. Take it off. 
but be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. This is what he's inviting you to. Forgive each other. Give each other grace. Everybody is carrying something right now. Everybody's got some fear creeping up in them. Everybody's got some sin they're trying to break through in. And if this place, the church, 12 Stone Home, 12 Stone Live, becomes a place where we don't give people space to learn the playbook without condemning them, this place is not a place I want to be at. We have got to give forgiveness and grace to each other. But here's what you do. When you mess up, you whisper to God, God, forgive me. Oh, God, that's not new playbook. That's not, I know I'm wearing the jersey and I messed it up. God, would you forgive me? Let's get the vertical right. And then I go to my brother and my sister and go, listen, I messed up. Man, my anger got the best of me. Man, I know at the water cooler, I made that joke and man, it was, it killed. It was so funny. But dude, God, God convict, that's not who I am. You know how many times I've had to go into my kid's room when they were almost asleep? I go, hey, wake up. Son, I, I lost my temper. Anger got the best of me. I just want to, can I ask your forgiveness? Son, I'm not perfect. You're well aware of that. Would you forgive me? See, I think God gives grace in those moments. See, here's, here's great news. 1 John 1, 9 to 2, 2. That's a passage we use for non-believers a lot, like unbelievers. This is how you get into the kingdom when, in fact, it was written to the church. It was written to believers. Here's what it says. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. You come back and God gives forgiveness. You run the wrong route. Oh, God, forgive me. You drop a, an open catch. I'm stretching the metaphor, but go with me. You drop an open catch. You come back and say, God, would you forgive me? And that's what Jesus does. He's our advocate. See, the gospel is a beautiful picture. And the story of the gospel is one in which, in a moment, while you had no talent, no skill, nothing good to offer, God sent Jesus. And we bowed. In a moment, he changed our jersey. He said, you're on the team. I pick you. And he didn't leave us to figure it out himself. He leaves us with the playbook. God says, listen, this is how you're supposed to live now that you're on the team. I don't just want you to be a student of the word, although, yes, that's important. I want the word to change you from the inside out. I want the Holy Spirit to go inside of you and change and align your desires so that you live out the new playbook. So maybe today, there's places where, if you're honest, the Holy Spirit's just going, that's not the new playbook. Maybe it's one of the four things. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's dishonesty. Maybe it's theft. Maybe you're cheating your employer out of some stuff. Maybe there's some places you're cheating on your taxes and God's going, really? You're wearing my jersey and doing that? Maybe it's the things that come out of your mouth. And maybe as you confess, you'd ask God, God, would you give me a picture God, I need a picture of what I'm striving for. I need the Super Bowl trophy in front of me. You're struggling with lust. 
The goal is not stop looking at that stuff, stop lusting. The goal is, oh God, I want a, a marriage of intimacy in 20 and 30 years. God, would you give us the picture? So I'm going to pray for us here and across all the campuses. And then when I say amen, we're going to go to the campuses and 12 Stone Home. But I want to give a little bit of space. It's my prayer all week was that the Holy Spirit would just create a moment right here, right now. This is the moment I've been praying for all week. That maybe the Holy Spirit would just whisper or put a little spotlight on some area of your life and say, listen, that's old playbook stuff. If you keep living that way, if you keep living old playbook, you're going to wake up one day. You're going to be full of regret. You're going to be empty. So I'm going to pray. And so Jesus, thank you for the gift of salvation. Jesus, thank you that you didn't just leave us here to figure this thing out on our own. Thank you for your word, your playbook that we get to run by. And so God, collectively together, we, we would just say our, we would state our intention. God, we would love to be a people who don't just claim your name and wear your jersey, but a people that would live out your playbook, that we would live out the way of life, that we would actually take off the old life and put on the new life, God, that we would not just wear the jersey, that we would live it out, God. So God, any places right now, anyone here in this room, across 12 Stone Home, across the campuses, if there's any place, Holy Spirit, that you just want to put a spotlight on or elevate would you do it right now, Holy Spirit? Just bring it to mind. Maybe it's private world stuff. Maybe it's attitude. Maybe it's in laziness. Maybe it's in addiction. And God is you Bring our attention to those places. We humbly come before you. Maybe you just want to whisper this, God, forgive me. God, would you forgive me for the places that I'm not on your playbook? And ultimately, God, would you change our desires? You'd transform, you'd renew our heart and our mind. That we wouldn't just not do bad stuff, but we would want, our desires would want to live for you and in your playbook. So God, any places, Lord, that you, that you need to address, would you continue to do it? God, and as we ask for a picture, would you give it? Even now, Holy Spirit, would you maybe just give a, what does the, the, the Super Bowl trophy look like in whatever area they're struggling with? Give them the picture so their desires align, and then Holy Spirit, empower them to live it out. Because there's no one like you, Jesus, in your heavenly name. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.